Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 164 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is universal pleasure buttons. Ooh, uh, misses. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the always pleasurable T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? Can we end it there? Because I'm pretty sure I can't top that introduction in any way, shape or form. Hurrah! We've reached, we finally reached the nadir. How am I supposed to like, say anything after a universal pleasure button? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I know, right, but, 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 you're in, but you're intrigued, aren't you? <laughs> very, very. I'm like, can we just skip all the rest? Can you just pleasure me yeah. universally? <laughs> now that we've gotten the embarrassment out of the way, let me tell you what I've been up to on this end since we last spoke. I am happy to announce that Devil's Advocate is with the editor, and you know what I have to say about that? Fuck off. Toot toot. Fuck off. I don't have to think about that for a whole week. And oh. then I have to fall back in love with it so I can get it um, across the finish line. But right now I'm enjoying the separation from Devil's Advocate. Is this, is this how people feel when they send their kids to, like, summer camp? Um, yes. I imagine it probably is. Although they're, they're more sort of annoying because they just keep coming back. Uh, whereas this book, um, you know, will eventually go away. And then it would be replaced by another one. So maybe that's what it is. A never-ending um, door, revolving door. Oh, man. Yeah, seriously. And that kind of leans into my next point. Miranda and I are plotting season two of the A London Love Story, the Kindlevella series that we need to wrap up. And we're also plotting a Christmas novel. So we have two projects going on at once. So we're definitely living the mantra, write, publish, repeat. <laughs> so it goes back to that what you were just saying. Are those guys still podcasting? The people who wrote that book? What was it, Sean, Johnny, and Dave? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe they've. Maybe they've rebranded and restarted. They did. They did change it from the self-publishing show, I think, to um, the story studio. But they. Yeah, I, I used to listen to them every week, and now they stopped. Yeah, I haven't. When I when I was uh, jotted that line down, I was like, wait, I haven't heard from them for a while. I hope they're all okay. I did hear. Johnny Be Good, which, no, Johnny Be Truant, right? Johnny Be Truant was one of them, which is a very bizarre pen name, but anyway. I heard him on, like, one of the other podcasts because uh, he's getting one of his books made into a movie or a TV show, so they're still doing all right, I think. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that they're still, you know, trucking along because it's always kind of sad when people quit. So in other news, I'm working on the Freefall event for I Heart Sapphic, which will take place September 21 through the 23rd. So far, over 65 books will be involved, and if the title didn't give it away, the free fall, the books will be free. So, you're definitely um, going to want to mark that day down if you want a bunch of free books by some fabulous authors, including Claire Lydon herself. Me? Fabulous author? Get away with you. All right, then. Um, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think you'd fight me too much. Anyways. I was, try- other- I was trying to be humble, TB. Humble. Lasted like two seconds. That was a record. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Good job, you. Put on the back. Thank you. So, in other iHeart Sapphic news, uh, we're feverishly working on the 2023 reading challenge. We want to make it bigger next year, which means a lot more organizing. So that's always fun on my end. 
We've also launched a new feature on IHS, which is called Sapphic Mischief, that's published on Saturdays. It includes links to all the things that have happened during the week that you may have missed, such as the new releases and the winners of the best of polls and what polls you can vote on. It um, also has, it tells authors and readers if we need certain things, like we put out a call for pet photos for pet of the week and Catterday photos, and man, we got swamped, which is fantastic. We are booked through the year now. So... Also, we include book sale alerts, um, like I mentioned, the category, Catter Day photos, author selfies with one of their book babies, which is kind of fun to see the author uh, pose with either a paperback or a cover of the e-reader screen. And then there's a new guessing game where peeps can guess where I've been. I include some trivia about the place I visited, I include some photos, and then I put a poll together so people can guess where the heck I've been with Pepper, my car, Nigel, my GPS, and myself. Saturdays should be fun, and we're trying to add the fun. And also, it gets me out of the house where I have to go do something and have fun. (laughs) Forced fun is always the best, TB. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So, well, that's quite good, though. So in case people miss all the little uh, emails that you send out all through the week, they can get a roundup one, which a lot of people prefer, don't they? Yes. Can you see the light on my microphone? It's kind of like... I can. You're looking sort of um, otherworldly, ethereal. I feel like I'm in space right now. Okay. But anyways, so that's what's going on in this end. Uh, and apparently I'm about to blast off the space, never to be seen again. <laughs> yeah, so I better get my news out quick, eh, before you launch. No, <laughs> well, what's going on there? It seems like nothing's going on in the UK. No, nothing at all. Very, very mundane week it's been. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. So um, obviously we lost the Queen, um, RIP and all that. So yeah, so it's been um, it's been a week with a lot of uh, pomp and ceremony, but I was pleased that they didn't. We, my wife and I got up to watch Saturday Kitchen as we as is our want on a Saturday morning. A cup of coffee, toasted tea cake, Saturday Kitchen. We love that. I worried because uh, they were going to put Prince Charles being sworn in as the king at the same time. And I was like, no, they've taken Saturday Kitchen off air. But don't worry, everyone, they just moved it to BBC Two. So we watched Charlie get sworn in and then we flipped it over. It was a good, it was a good day. It's been an end of an era. So, um, yeah, I'm sad that there won't be another queen in my lifetime because, you know, all the upcoming heirs to the throne are male. Um, but end of an era. Well done, Liz. You learn, though, that, like, the queens, they, they live for a very long time. And then um, they're kind of more stable, but I mean, I guess there is like the negative parts because, you know, Queen Elizabeth I was like pretty much a pirate and then issues with this one. But the Queen's, you know, I mean, what are the guy? I mean, you have Henry VIII who just lopped their, his wife's heads off. Mm. Well, we're hoping that Charles doesn't do that. Um, I don't think he will. He seems quite loved up with Camilla. Um, so <laughs> that's been a, a background an interesting a different background to normal um but anyway in my world um my festive book the christmas catch is you know on the way um i've bolted out i've bolted up my arc team over the past two weeks so i've got some new people in so um that should be exciting it's already been read by six people i just need to read the print proof and then get it out to my full arc team this week as this goes out so that's exciting isn't it it's um that, that means uh, levers are being pulled, all systems go, start to panic. Um, but at least I remembered I had a Christmas book to get out, didn't I? So that's good. 
It is very good. And also, the new ARC members, did you threaten them as well as the old ARC members? <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't. Um, <laughs> which clearly worked, because I got like such a huge open rate on the old ARC members. And I was like amazed. Like A lot of them are still happy to be there, so I was pleased with that. But uh, yeah, the new ARC members got a blue and yellow uh, graphic rather than black and white. Um, so... <laughs> They got a Ukrainian one rather than, I don't know what flag is black and white. I don't think there is one. Not sure. Anyway. Pirates. 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 They got the pirate one, so they knew. (laughs) Review my book or you have to walk the plank and get eaten by piranhas. Um, Because that's all there is at sea, probably. Uh, Yeah, so the Christmas catch is coming uh, mid-October. Whoop, whoop. I'll let you know more when it it happens. Um, In other news, my editor mailed me this week uh, because I had tentatively told her I'd have another book for her in October. October was going to be London 9, but I, but as we know, the footy book came came along on a little horse and pushed London 9 into the gutter. So we're still going with the, both of them. I don't think one of them's going to be ready for October, but my editor is very amenable and flexible, so that's good, isn't it? I am writing at the moment quite a lot. I'm writing sort of three to 4,000 words a day. So I'm doing, I'm doing um, a lot of writing at the moment, so I'm feeling quite happy and enthused and chirpy because when I write I am happy. That's good and so the footy is still going strong though? The footy is still going strong I reckon I'll be done done the first draft with that in about two weeks. Wow that story just took hold of your heart and you just ran with it. It did it did and it is it did and it is so yeah uh, I don't know when it's going to come out though I'm not sure if I'm going to release it before London 9 or after London 9 we'll see we'll see. Also, Christmas in Mistletoe in audiobook news is with ACX and Find Away Voices. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. And I forgot to mention that uh, my proposal in A Woman Unhinged, I approved them on the same day and they went live on the same day. Oh, wow. Now that is interesting, isn't it? So how long did it take? A while. <laughs> um, they went live yesterday on the 12th and I approved them on like the 27th of August. Okay. So, so that's not too two bad. weeks. Yeah, that's not too bad. I always sort of put around three weeks in for ACX. So um, Find Away Voices does it really quickly. So um, that's fine. But I've done, I've done it on both of them separately this time. And it started with the kisses booked in to start with the narrator at the end of September. I've got myself an audio proofer, so that should be pretty straightforward. So then I'll be up to date with my audiobooks, which I never expected to be at the, in June. So high five to myself for getting all that done and I will also thank you TB just gave me a high five through the screen (laughs) as she's surrounded by an ethereal blue light from her microphone Um, but she hasn't taken off yet everybody so that's good talking of audio though I will just say that I am now regularly making more money via findaway voices for audio than I do through ACX month to month which is interesting isn't it if you're thinking about audio it might be you know going wide with audio is a very different proposition than going wide with your uh, ebooks. So there is money to be made outside of Apple, Amazon, and Audible. And then um, it's another, uh, what is it? An egg in a different basket? I'm, I'm not doing this right. There's definitely, the there's some baskets and some eggs. Don't put them all in one. Spread, there your, you go. spread your eggs out, but make sure you handle them with care, otherwise you get scrambled eggs and you don't, nobody wants that, do you? Well, you have to have some heat as well for that. No, you just get messy eggs. Anyway, the other thing is, the other interesting uh, audiobook news this week, it was that uh, Spotify started, um, sorry, Findaway started distributing to Spotify. So 
uh, I've just signed the yeah that's fine waiver for my books so my audiobooks I think I haven't actually checked but they should be available on Spotify which is an interesting extra distributor to have isn't it is and it I just have conflicted emotions about Spotify about certain people they um, gave millions of dollars to to lie to people there is that yeah so I have mixed feelings about Spotify but um hey but they, business. but they are a worldwide massive worldwide distributor and when they start making audiobooks available for the same price um, then that's going to be very interesting and you know I'm not against I, I quite like all the um, subscription models for audio all around the world find a way push you out to about around 40 different distributors all around the world so I'm in um, subscriptions um, in lots of countries so going on Spotify for, for as another subscription um, method is is a good thing I think expanding out where you can yes. be found um, also the other thing this week is um, as we record this uh, it is um, the day before my birthday so happy birthday to me for tomorrow uh, by the time this comes out it'll have been my birthday already in fact this is coming out on the Queen's uh, funeral day so if you need some cheering up on the Queen's funeral day yeah tune in to us I have the reminder in my phone for tomorrow so yeah I right. forgot today so um i'm just gonna get it out of the way now and mark it done for this year happy birthday claire <laughs> oh thanks thanks tv <laughs> so heartfelt <laughs> tomorrow is my birthday so i will be um i've decided i wasn't sure what to do i was thinking of maybe going into central london and having a look at you know all the stuff being done for the royal royalty and all that but on my birthday is the day the Queen's body arrives back in London and there's a massive procession there expecting hundreds of thousands of people so I'm steering well clear because me and crowds I don't like crowds so instead I'm going to go and see my mum going to go for lunch with my sister going to go see my mum in the afternoon and then come back to Soho and go for dinner with my wife so a full-on day sounds nice and it's very nice of the Queen to return for your birthday I know she's coming back to That's London a lot of effort for her <laughs> I know <laughs> well done Queenie she loved you. She really did. She loved you. I think she did. I think she was a closet reader of uh, lesbian romance. That shame she couldn't hold on for the Christmas catch, but you know, she got twenty books out of me. Twenty-one, twenty, one of those. I, I kind of like the image of her kicking back with her feet up, with like probably a whiskey in one hand and reading <laughs> one of your books. Uh, I, that's a nice image. It is a yeah. nice. It is a nice image. And you know, do you think um, Once Upon a Princess was her favourite? More than Do you know I did send a copy of Once Upon a Princess to uh, Harry and Meghan because Harper and I wrote that book and I um, I was the one who said we should release a book around the royal wedding, a royal book. And so we did, we planned it. And then when it came out, I sent one, we dedicated it to Meghan and Harry because it was the, it, they were the inspiration for it. I sent them a book and I got a, a letter um, from Kensington Palace saying thanks very much. So maybe they both read it and then gave it to their gran. And now she's, <laughs> she, oh my God, I never even thought about this TV. I love it. What do you mean you sent the book? Like you sent it to like their like fan uh, post office box? Yeah, I just, I looked up the, um, the, the address of the royal family and just marked it for them. Sent it to where they lived. Like, oh, there, you, there you go. Mm. There you go, all sapphic authors. Look yep. up the address and send them your royal books. <laughs> Can't hurt, can it? Maybe this is how we get the influencers involved. 
<laughs> that is influencer marketing as its best. Anyway, we're getting a bit um, we're getting a bit crazy now. Um, so, TB, got any comments? We do have some comments. Up first is Liz Rain, a sapphic author, which I think, didn't you recently read one of Liz's books? I did. I really liked it. Uh, It's called Perks of Office, and I really liked it. So well done, Liz. So Liz said, love this episode. My wife is from northern Maine, and it's a beautiful part of the world. I'm totally with Claire. Sports women inspire me each and every day. I'm Australian, and will be going to every uh, soccer World Cup match I can next year. Bring on July. And I have to admit, kind of jealous, kind of jealous that Liz gets to go to the World Cup matches. Yes, uh, we're thinking about going, but um, it's a long way and a big commitment. So, but we're just in the maybe stages at the moment. Well, maybe you'll say Liz there. Maybe. This, yeah, yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, another uh, comment is from Iona Kane, another author, who said, uh, unex- uh, who thanked us for the unexpected shout out on the podcast and Claire's ranting at Ingram Spark on Iona's behalf really helped. Claire was right. A lot of it had been saved, and we also cheered up Iona on a Tuesday morning. So we're glad it cheered you up, and we're glad that your information was saved. Yes, we are, Iona. And also, Iona, um, I just want to say as well, I really like your new cover. I can't remember what it's called, so sorry. But um, I was looking at the charts yesterday for some reason, and um, your cover jumped off the page. Good work. I really liked it, too. Yeah, it's yeah, really nice. We, we included it in the top banner for the new releases last week. Mm. One final comment on my side was uh, Debak. Debak was one of the um, readers who submitted a pet photo when we put out a call that we needed pet photos for iHeartSafic. And when I, I emailed back to ask if I should list Debak as a reader, I got yes, and also a listener of our podcast with an exclamation point and a heart. Thanks so much, Debak, for listening and Thanks to everyone else who does. We appreciate all of you. It's what keeps us going. It does indeed. And I've got one comment from Deb who says um, she loves the Lesbians Who Write podcast. She listens while she paints and chuckles along with us. She like painting like like art or painting like houses? I wonder. I don't know. I mean, are you painting... I would like to know. Yeah. Are you painting staircase spindles, Debs? Or are you crafting a beautiful watercolour? Sadly, we don't have us, uh, any bias of coffee updates. Okay, all right. Nobody wants to give us coffee? Absolutely fine. Right, so let's crash on to our topic that for the so day. <laughs> our topic of the day, um, which made TB blush, let's face it, it doesn't take very much, and it is universal pleasure buttons, <laughs> which is funny, I'm not going to lie, or cheesecake. So... All this will become clear soon. So I'm taking the lead for this one because it was my suggestion and TB said that she'll give wise comments on it. Is that right? I said comments. I don't think I um, said wise. Okay. All right. I I was giving you the benefit of the doubt, but okay. So this topic was inspired by a talk uh, that was done by Dr. Jennifer L. Barnes, who's a psychology professor, but also a fiction writer. Now, um, it's a talk she did at the Romance Writers of America conference in 2018. I think the talk is available on their website um, if you pay a little bit of money, but it's well worth a listen. So, but I'll give you, you don't want to do that, I'll give you the gist. So Jennifer, Dr. Barnes, let's call her Jen, was looking into the reason uh, why people are drawn to fictional stories, be that books, movies, TV, 
TB? No, TB, not TB. You're not a fictional story. You're a real person. Uh, be that. It is depending. Yeah. So, you know. True. Actually, true. You are a fictional person. Weird. Right. So, be that books, movies, TV, or comics. So, what is it that draws us to fiction? Is it because it helps us to understand people better? Is it because it makes us more empathetic? Is it a unifying force that everyone can talk about? So, psychologists were looking at this and trying to come up with hypotheses. And there's a bloke called Steven Pinker came along and put forward a different view to all the psychologists. He said that people like fiction for the same reason they like cheesecake. Because both tap into hardwired pleasure points within us all. So we're hardwired to like food with high sugar content and high fat content because back in the day when we had to forage food and fight to survive, those were the most sugar and fat survived longest. So it's hardwired into our DNA to want those things and now manufacturers in our modern day know this and we don't have to forage and fight anymore so, but they've then created cheesecake to tap into those hardwired needs so cheesecake satisfies hard-coded pleasure receptors inside us all are you following me with the science so far i am and can i just say i appreciate the evolution of this to the fact that i can now have cheesecake because i don't think i would have liked hunting um Macedons or anything, mm-hmm. but I like having cheesecake in the comfort of my own home watching fictional stories. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> you're, you're pushing all your universal pleasure buttons with that one. So cheesecake satisfied the hard-coded pleasure receptors inside us all. And the same is true with fiction. If you hit hard-wired pleasure, pleasures, the gut pleasures, as Jennifer calls them, or universal pleasure buttons, readers will fall in love with your writing. Because because it's like it fills the same need as cheesecake fulfills in us. It's that it's I guess I think it's what the manufacturers called the bliss point, right? The the salt, sugar, and fat. When all three of those are in a certain food at a certain um, ratio, then it's when you do that little happy dance in your chair. And the same can be said for fiction. If you have the right ratio of all the universal pleasure buttons your readers are going to get all the feels. It's it's an all the feels moment, which is always what you want people to say in their reviews, right? As for words, for, you, for romance anyway. It might be all the scares for horror, or I don't know. I don't read fucking horror, but you know, you, you get me. So what are um, the universal pleasure buttons? I hear you cry. So let me tell you what they are as, as um, told by Jennifer Barnes. So the first is touch. So these are all the ones you need to include in your books to make readers want more, more, more. So touch, hand holding, stroking, massage, hair brushing, cuddling, that sort of thing. Like running your hands through someone's hair and not like brushing their hair? Yeah. Well, you can do, yeah. You can run, run your hands through the hair. Yeah, that's one of them. These are just some examples that I'm giving. Okay. But that's like... I don't even run a brush through my own hair. Other people might. <laughs> Want to? Yeah, absolutely. I might need it, but I don't like to. So I don't do it. Now I'm just thinking of somebody running a brush through your hair and you throwing your head back in universal pleasure buttonness. Right, anyway, let's let's go, let's crash on. <laughs> so we've got touch. So that's touch to um, yourself as a touch your character touching themselves not in that way uh, that's the next category or somebody else touching your character right the next um, universal pleasure button 
you'll be surprised to know is sex. And this includes kissing, foreplay and sex and any other sort of gamut that falls under the sex umbrella. So, you know, it's a universal pleasure button for a reason. So press it for your readers, dear friends. Unless you're writing a sweet romance, of course, then don't. Uh, the third universal pleasure button that, that makes your readers go goo goo gaga is beauty. This include this can include, these are just my examples, possible examples, beautiful characters, which is why, you know, a lot of people say in romances, oh, everybody's just too impossibly good looking and gorgeous and have flat stomachs and green eyes and cheekbones, like, you know. Um, but the thing is, it's, it's, it's what actually people want to see. So people respond to beauty. But beauty... People like their fantasies fulfilled. Yes. Um, beauty can also be beauty as power. Characters can grapple with theories of beauty. So, um, it, you know, it doesn't always have to be just so two-dimensional. You can make it, you can make it um, broader, a broader spectrum of beauty. Um, one of the big things is makeover scenes and getting ready scenes. So if you think about all the movies that you see where people um, start out like well, Cinderella, I suppose, is the archetypal one, isn't it? People start out as one thing and then they transform into a, into a beautiful butterfly. Um, so makeover scenes, you can describe grand places as beautiful. So it doesn't have to be just characters. It can be um, the setting can be beauty. Characters can draw the other. That's all part of their, then you sense the beauty through their eyes if somebody actually draws them. The fourth universal pleasure button is wealth and power. Now, again, we see this time and time again, don't we, in fiction books um, through all genres. So if you show luxury, um, people like that. But you can also grapple with wealth inequality. Um, so, you know, rich girl, poor girl, very classic trope. Wealth cues can be subtle as well. So it doesn't have to be that everyone's um, a king and queen or, um, or is a billionaire. Um, riding around with in gold carriages with gold watches and Rolls Royces and all that. Wealth can just be having the latest pair of Nikes. It can all be relative to your story. Wealth and power, obviously though, can come through celebrity, royalty, politics, business, family. So, and I mean, within all those all those uh, different categories, there's a wealth of of stories to be mined. And then there's also in wealth and power, there's physical power. Somebody might see this as something they love and somebody might see this as something they hate, so you can play on that. The fifth universal pleasure button is competition. Now, this is something that is included again in so many books and so many movies and so many TV shows. So you can have a love triangle, um, which is a really popular one. You could have a bet. So a bet that somebody can or can't do this or a bet like a, a lot of fake dating books are set up for via bets, aren't they? And fake dating is a really popular trope. Competition could be wars. So obviously you don't get that so much in romance, but you get it in a lot of all different um, genres. And competitions could also be love and business rivalries. So obviously in romance, you get the the uh, bakeries in competition with each other. That's a that's a beloved one of uh, Christmas movies, isn't it? Gingerbread baking competitions. Where would they be without competition? So um, competition is a big one. I think maybe something that a lot of people forget, but it can have a lot of different sides to it. And the last one, the last universal pleasure button is danger. Not necessarily, danger can be included in romance books, even though you might think it can't. But 
you can have safe danger. So you can have dangerous characters, so bad girls. Dangerous characters where you know the parameters, but there's still danger. Danger for your heart, maybe danger for your physical self if they put you in dangerous situations. But danger can also be arousal. So danger can um, mash in with sex. And then you can have dangerous worlds or just dangerous moments in the world that you've created. So it doesn't always have to be danger. But if you push, so they're the six universal pleasure buttons. Danger, competition, wealth and power, beauty, sex and touch. Now, if you push all those pleasure buttons together, you're going to have an explosive, explosive book. You really are. There's going to be a lot going on in there. So you might not be able to push them all, all, every single one of them, but you can have, you can touch on some of them. And you just have to make sure that you're not doing it for pleasure button's sake, shall we say. <laughs> but you can push the pleasure buttons that aren't expected in your genre, as well as those that are, and push them, at, push them in moments, but you've got to make them work with the plot as well. And then check where you've hit them and then go back and hit them a bit more so that people really, really get the effect that you want from it. Now, when I was looking at, when I was looking at these six, do you know the movie that sprang to mind for me? Um, and really why it is my favourite movie, I think. You've got mail. I've never seen that one, so I don't know. You just stabbed a little <laughs> dagger into my heart. <laughs> so tell me what tell me what um what's you got mail got? Does it hit all these six pleasure buttons? Well, it has the danger where she's gonna lose her bookshop because um the love interest is like a Barnes and Noble type guy where and she owns uh, an independent yes. bookshop. Yeah, yeah. And then um so it has the competition, it has I mean it has Meg Ryan who's absolutely beautiful. It I think it's in New York City, so a, a another stunning place with yeah. the wealth and everything yeah. kind of and a lot of the things you've listed they kind of go well together like with the danger and the competition and then the um power struggle yeah. especially in workplace romances but hmm. what movie what movie comes to your mind okay dirty dancing so you've got rich and poor um yes. you know one side yep. to the other um uh -huh. the, the one thing that really i thought about there was sex and touch because when they're not, you know, they they only have sex right at the end. But throughout that movie, there's so much touch because they're dancing. Yes. So I can't remember. Was she a college student or was she a high school student? I think she was a college. <laughs> I think she was just about to go to college. So I think it was like, I think she was 18, 19, something like that. She was actually 27 in real life. If that makes it any better. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the movie. So yeah, you have a lot of the sexy dancing. So that covers a lot of the bit. And yeah. Both of them were beautiful. Both of them were beautiful. It was it was a beautiful place. There was power struggles because you know one of them was the staff, one of them was the rich daughter of a rich, um, you know, a doctor. Uh, there was competition between characters, uh, between the two sisters, between, uh, and there was kind of love triangles as well because. Patrick Swayze loved his loved his friend like he didn't want to be with her but he loved her and yeah. then he hated seeing her get you know um and it wasn't the subtle. cousin interested in Jennifer Grey yes the cousin yeah but like two love triangles yeah I mean and there's a lot of danger in that movie because With, yeah because she lot. she's walking into the wrong side of the of the complex the wrong side of the tracks but she found herself there. I mean, that movie, when you take these pleasure buttons and then you look at 
the stories that you love and you think how did it hit them all and then you see it hit them all really well i just found this talk very interesting and i hope i've explained it quite well but i just think that it's it's interesting to read things like this and it's interesting to see how they how they apply to your books the one other thing that jennifer barnes said is that sometimes um people say to her well you know my books now I've written say 15 books my books are a lot better these days you know I'm much better at writing I'm much better at the craft I'm much I know what I'm doing but she said when you go when you get further along in your career you tend to maybe over edit and over analyze and overdo the ed the editing basically and so she said maybe you're taking out some of these pleasure buttons that you don't realize because she said if you look at the books of yours that really hit most likely those were the ones that really hit the pleasure buttons for people. And as she said, if you're not sure why, why books don't hit, go back and analyze them with this framework in mind. Will you create a different art team and call them the pleasure button hunters? <laughs> I think they'd like that. Now this reminds me of um, a different craft book I um, skimmed and it was called like it, it was about butter. Yes. One of the reasons, like, you like certain meals. Like, one of the reasons, like, when I go out to a restaurant and I order certain meals, the meals I'm not allowed to have when I'm at home because I'm trying to eat right. But when I go out, I, like, you know, I order the stuff that is dripping in butter, that is fried and everything like that. And you really love it. And you want to make your books, you want to keep adding the butter so readers gobbled up, you want it to make it more memorable, you want to make it delicious, and you want them to keep wanting more. Keep adding butter or cheesecake. Which I think there's a lot of butter in cheesecake. Um, yes. Well, it's cake. <laughs> I don't bake or cook or anything, but I'm just assuming there's a lot of butter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the basic ingredients for cheesecake are cheese, sugar, probably you put butter in it as well, but the base is just biscuits and butter which is, and biscuits are made of sugar and butter. So, you know, yeah, generally quite a lot of butter. Yes, I read butter, that. Butter, please. Yes, I read that book too. That book is called Seven Figure Fiction. Um, and it's a really good book as well. I really enjoyed that. So it's got basically the same kind of principles. This was just a, a talk she did at RWA. I don't know if she's written a book about this. She should. Very much the same, in the same vein. But I think it, it's good sometimes to just take a take a little time, go back and have a look at the books that done well in your catalogue and the books that didn't do maybe as well as you thought and, and have a think, if I was rewriting them with this framework in mind, would I do anything different? You might not, but it's worth having a look. It's always useful to not only study your own back catalogue, but also study the books that are topping the charts and people are talking about to figure out that secret ingredient, which apparently is cheesecake. It's cheesecake, yeah. So should we start just putting cheesecake on our covers? Yes, maybe, and maybe maybe we could start offering a slice of cheesecake with every book. Well, can I be one of your art readers? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I read your backlist and get more cheesecake? <laughs> you can be on the pleasure button team. Ooh. <laughs> you like get a t-shirt? <laughs> Hey, yeah, maybe this is my merch, right? As well as prof the prof yeah. as well as the professional lesbian T-shirts, I'm I'm part of the universal pleasure buttons. Is there like a a way we can shorten that? <laughs> uh, yeah, UPBs doesn't really go, does it? Uh, no, no, that kind of ruined it. Yeah. It sounds more like a 
disease. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so there we are. That that's this week's topic. I thought it was um, good to bring it up. And oh, also the one other thing that she said was um, book titles. She said use words associated with with these pleasure buttons as well. So use words that fall into these categories. Just think about that when you're titling your books too. Good job. I wasn't very helpful in this one. You said wise things though. I like cheesecake. <laughs> yeah, you like cheesecake, but you've no idea what's in it. Yeah, very wise. So, um, yeah, do let us know what you think. Looking back at your books or going forward with your books, has this been helpful? Do you think that you're going to have a look at um, either Theodora Taylor's Seven Figure Fiction or see if you can listen to Je- or have a look at Jennifer Barnes stuff as well and um, see if you can add more pleasure into your books because... More pleasure for you is more pleasure for your readers. Right, TB? More cheesecake, please. More cheesecake. I'm just going to start saying that. Yeah, more cheesecake. Just write that on your board above your um, computer. More cheesecake. So let us know what you think about these universal pleasure buttons or cheesecake. um, Or if you know how to make, what's the best cheesecake recipe? Let us know. On the website, lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Twitter us, at lesbianswhowrite, at Instagram me, at clairefic. And join us next time round when we will be talking about something we haven't quite decided yet. It might be another surprise topic. Who knows? But um, until then, keep writing. Stay safe. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. Music